Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great podcast, The C.J. McCollum Show, where every week New Orleans Pelicans star C.J. McCollum discusses names and storylines in and around the NBA with inside perspective you can only get from someone in the locker room and on the floor. That's The C.J. McCollum Show. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you're getting this podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Foxworth Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on? Uh, the NBA trade deadline. <laughs> Dog, every, everything is going on. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to get to the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. But something I just thought about, like literally as we were getting this going. We talked about it when it happened, but it hasn't really been discussed, which is like the flat out total war that the NFL has just put on everybody in terms of broadcasting and the likes. So when they moved that Super Bowl back a week like they did, Mm -hmm. it raises the possibility that every now and then the Super Bowl is going to be on the Sunday before President's Day, which is historically when the NBA has its all-star game, and that is like 100% worst-case scenario for the NBA. I guess they're going to have to move it to Saturday. The NFL really ain't have to do that, but they, they was like, yeah, whatever. They took Christmas, too. The NFL took Christmas they this year. They did take Christmas. From the, from the NBA. They took- they, bullies on the block, and I would think that I remember back when I was like uh, leadership in the PA and stuff, and I remember talking through the sports schedule with the league executives, and I remember having conversations where they were talking about weekends that they wanted to avoid. Ha! <laughs> that ain't nothing now. <laughs> I, that, I, because they were like aware of other things that their um, fan base, I guess you would say, would be interested in. And they're like, well, in order to maximize the attention that we get, there's some things here or there that we want to avoid. Not anymore. I don't think they, is there anything that they would be like, yeah, let's get out of the way of that. Like I know the HBO, um, they're not going to run their new hit show. Uh, the last of us they're gonna run it earlier mm-hmm. and avoid the super bowl but i can't think of nothing that the nfl avoids i was watching goodell's press conference and there was a bunch of stuff that we could talk about from there too but one of the things that stood out to me was just how just it's not even arrogant but it's just just listing how many top tv shows like the rankings they had he just turned his face up like he just dunked on somebody he was just like yeah <laughs> i mean i don't know i think the top 50 48 of them are games and the other two are like the draft or some shit <laughs> roger just out there <laughs> gloating. yo man that man said he was gonna get him up to 25 bill and it looked like it gonna happen but the reason i brought this up is the NBA does now have this trade deadline. I don't know if it's going to be like this every year, but right before the Super Bowl. And actually, it's good for the NBA, right? They can still be out here and people talk about them while the Super Bowl stuff is going on. But also, it works well for me because, cool, that cuts some of that Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like, I actually find that with all, maybe it's just with all the other stuff that's available to do and everything else and the fact that, now that there's more access nationally to all the teams and all the players, the Super Bowl week isn't the I've never seen this person before week right. that it used to be. But I don't feel nearly as like overwhelmed and bombarded by Super Bowl coverage the week of that I used to. And I feel like this is the, at least the second in three years or something like that that we've come into this Super Bowl week 
and stuff has been going on in the NBA that matters, right? And it's cool to talk about. And then when that game comes, everybody going to talk about it. Like, even with the uh, NFL moving to Christmas, I think that terrible Broncos-Rams game has something like 35 million people watching or something like that. But the NBA numbers were up. Yeah, that's good. Right? Like, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, maybe everybody could peacefully coexist. But we will definitely talk about the Super Bowl. However, as you guys know, we typically tape this uh, Fox Red Fridays on Thursday, which means, sorry, guys, we all just woke up and found out that Kevin Durant got traded. Now, I just want to start by saying what I tell y'all. I told you this was the only way it could possibly end, right? It would only end with getting Kyrie out of there and trading Kevin Durant. Now, they got a haul for Durant. I will say that. They got four first-round picks and two players I would actually want, three players that I would want to have on my team. Like, I mean, the Nets might have actually got Phoenix to overpay for a 35-year-old dude that hasn't played 60 games since he tore his Achilles in 2019. Like, it it legit might have been an overpay. But, man, Kevin Durant got himself out of there, and it's the biggest failure in the history of the NBA. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue anything else. Like, if you you measure it by, like, expectations and reason, like, the expectations weren't, like, unreasonable. And you measure it by, like, how good they looked at certain times. You could have incredibly high expectations for them and they ain't accomplished nothing <laughs> like nothing they ain't even get to a conference finals like it's uh, they had a few good like and most of it was like just it wasn't even like flat disappointment it was like messy disappointment people forcing themselves out people forcing coaches out and i i remember at this at a certain point in, oh yeah and not to forget Kyrie with um Hebrews to Negroes, like that whole, like it's just been, if I was Joe side, there have been a couple of times in this run where I was like, man, I could have spent my billions on something a lot less stressful. <laughs> well, yo, and don't forget this part. Like, I guess for you that has thought about this as you have been um, financially uh, swimming for the majority of your adult life or maybe your entire adult life. You have probably not had to pack up your own house at any point as an adult. Okay. This thing happens when you pack up a house that you've been in for a while. You know, you start going through and all that. You occasionally stumble upon a terrible reminder of someone you used to know. Or just some kind of reminder of somebody that you used to know in one way or another. And the Nets are just kind of packing up the house doing that stuff right they're going through a divorce of sorts right something's sticking around but they packing up their things and they've got a reminder of what you know these people that used to be here and it's a big old australian dude over there serving absolutely no purpose whatsoever and making 30 something million dollars a year he's still there he's still there because if i do look and say strategically if there's an error like a true error that the nets made is that they let james harden hold them over a barrel in a way that they really didn't have to now the problem is you know that if james harden wants to leave He's gonna. He's not going to be playing for you anymore, whether or not he's on your team or not. He can still be on your team and not play for right. you anymore. And so they're like, ah, well, maybe we'll give this Ben Simmons. No, 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 no. That wasn't the. I remember. That wasn't. The I remember like 
talk a, a good exercise that I don't always do, but I, I like to do is just like force yourself to take both sides of any argument. Cause like, it'll, it'll help you like figure out what you really feel because we've talked about this before. Generally, I'm open about the fact that sometimes my emotions drive me to an opinion that I want. I'm trying to do better with that. But with that one, I remember it's so easy to cook up a reason why the Ben Simmons edition was going to work. It's like <laughs> so easy because it's like, he's big athlete. He don't want to shoot. They got shooters. He can play defense transition. Like it made so much sense, but all the stuff that we take for granted because we're all guilty of thinking of players as like video game pieces to mm. some degree, like we're all guilty. Some of us worse than others. And I think the analytics in the game has like the people who rely on that so heavily uh, has really like influenced us all. And we don't take the soft stuff and anybody who's worked in the office, anybody who's done anything, been on a team. Oh yeah. That, yeah never mind. I won't, I won't turn there. Cause <laughs> it's another conversation that we were having before the show, but the interpersonal dynamics Yes, are huge and you can't take a, a place that felt like it was a like social and inner interpersonal mess and drop somebody in it who is not fortified in that way <laughs> and like it's, it's so obvious now like put putting Ben Simmons around Kyrie and, and KD in Brooklyn I guess you ain't had no other choice I don't know what else they was gonna get dominate, from him dominate dominate yeah it was obvious then yeah Right, it was wishful thinking from those people, but what we were talking about is obvious. Like, look, if I had watched that man pass up an open jump shot, it would have been one thing. Yeah. I watched that man pass up a dunk with, I believe, a Trey Young beneath him, yeah. and that ain't no coming back from that man. Like, if that can ever happen to you, it's probably a wrap. If you're not willing to like. You got to be the most, take it on the chin. Hey, man, I got a problem. I got to go fix this. And you got to be the dude that's willing to say it in front of everybody. It's like, it's going to take that level of man to overcome being that dude in that body, in that moment, in that game, on that team, at that point, in that city, in your career. You know what I mean? Like, like, like when you add up everything that was and it still led to that dude not doing that, and it's just clear. The dude doesn't really like playing basketball that much. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the reason is, right? But this is a hard job to do if you don't really like it. Yeah. Like, you gotta have, you gotta have something about you that really drives you to doing this. Because say what you want about Kyrie. He don't like to play basketball all the time. But he really does like playing basketball, right? Kevin Durant, we don't even have to discuss this. James Harden, you go back and look, man, that dude's played a lot of games and a lot of minutes, right? In a way that you got to be a dude that's really invested in this to want to do. Like, I believe that James Harden thirsts for a championship. Like, I believe he desperately wants a championship. I believe he really cares. Ben Simmons got him a good-ass job. Mm -hmm. He can make him a lot of money. He can stay in shape. Like, he look, he look at playing basketball the way them dudes look at working at UPS. Like, yo, man, it's really hard work on your body. You got to put in a lot of grind. Yeah. But, like, if you can make it through the first three months and just swallow it, the benefits are great. Yep. 
You know what I'm saying? I sit your in physique, will, yeah, your physique will be incredible. <laughs> like, like, like that's that that's the spin. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I look at it now for Durant. Hey, man. I'll give him this. When he went to the Warriors, he went to the most stable situation that it could possibly be. And I kind of feel like the stability they had, and I could be wrong about this, but it kind of a little bit made him a bit like self-conscious of how unstable he could be at times or what was shaky about his own situation. And so they had the super stable situation and Kevin Durant. And then he went to the most unstable situation in the world. And now he's going to Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And that is not stable. Yeah. Like, we just watched them beat themselves at the end of last year where your number one overall pick basically seemed to quit in the second half of a game seven, and then they had to re-sign him. I would have assumed that he would have gotten out of town as a part of any of this because he had been eating, that is, because he had been wanting right. to get out of town and keeping him there. I, I don't know the the – relational dynamics to that team but adding Kevin Durant I don't think makes uh Aiden any happier like I, uh, Kevin Durant is on the the Chris Paul end of the spectrum and that's gonna be hard to overcome and maybe he just buys in but it's nothing you can guarantee well this is the question in Phoenix and I don't know much in particular so I will pose it as a question mm -hmm. how do them dudes feel about Monty Woods yeah. right because this is one thing to remember Chris Paul and Monty Williams, they dudes. Like right. they they have a relationship from I think when Monty worked for the Vin Hornets, you know, when Chris Paul was there. All right. We, yeah, the Vin Hornets. So we got Monty Williams. Kevin Durant, who played for Monty Williams in Oklahoma City when uh Monty's was a assistant coach. All right. Those two guys are Monty Williams guys. DeAndre Ayton seems to very clearly not be a Monty Williams mm -hmm. guy. I don't know if these other dudes on the team. Armani Williams guys. However, if they are not like, yo, Monty's our guy, that's where this can get a little bit weird. 
counterpoint obviously is he's Kevin Durant. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're going to have to guard Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Yeah, that's it. Devin Booker is the secondary scoring threat now. Now, how he adjusts to this is going to be very interesting because Devin Booker is, is get bucket guy. Yeah. Right? Like, we, I don't know how much you need to get bucket guy. Right? But they got two unstoppable ones yeah. now. And, um, Losing bridges hurts, I think, um, obviously, yes, on the defensive end of the floor, floor in particular. But you said, I don't know how everyone else feels about Monty Williams, but Devin Booker's the only one that matters because I mean, <laughs> outside of Booker and Aiden, well, Aiden, yeah, no, I know, but we know how we know yeah. how Aiden feels yeah. about it, yeah. So it's like we kind of know, um, and it, all the things that like I've sensed or heard from out of there is like uh, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Uh, more on the same page with the Monty Williams situation than okay that's important yeah which I, I mean I don't know this to be true but that was the sense that I got is like Aiton was the isolated one okay you know well, if that's the case if that's the case then it's get all to get gone yeah. yes you are absolutely correct by the way uh play the music right fast thank you for your patience a representative from the right time will be with you shortly. Your current hold time is 15 seconds. Yeah, so uh, so we gonna see, but in the meantime, because I really hadn't had time to process this trade. Like I woke up, I worked out, I was getting ready to get in here. It really hadn't hit me till we were talking right there. I was like, "Damn, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are gonna be on the same team." That's tough in the West. That seems wide open, and I mean, Kevin Durant added to to any contender. I I wonder. I, I, the one thing that I thought is like he should stay in Brooklyn and make a run is because it seemed like the only thing that he cared about was this bullshit. Um, bus driver thing that kind of mm -hmm. holds him down and like staying in Brooklyn and doing something there like that erases that narrative that like I think is kind of absurd but it seems clear that it it annoys him and I guess going to Phoenix you then are the missing piece because they couldn't get it done by themselves it doesn't make it seem like uh like you are jumping on a ready-made right. champion so it, it he still accomplishes that I think right yeah, missing piece is an important distinction. Because the truth is, with Golden State, he was yeah. a missing piece for them. It just didn't feel like that because they just won 73 games, right? But he was a missing piece. It was just, you know, kill an ant with a sledgehammer exactly. kind of missing piece. Exactly. It was just like, damn, did y'all really have to go that hard? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, so like it was, he was missing piece there, and he is missing piece in Phoenix. Like, it's more Moses Malone goes to the Sixers. Mm -hmm. Charles Barkley goes to the Suns, mm -hmm. right? Like, it, it's, it's, it's more of a situation um, in line like that. And so the bus driver thing I do think is interesting because you watch those Warriors teams, it really was about Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. Like, Steph, Steph Curry was Steph Curry, all of that. But, if, or if you want to be honest, at least in that last year when they were doing everything to try to make Kevin Durant happy, clearly he was driving the bus. He, even if he was a backseat driver, he was clearly driving the bus at that point. Um, I do think there's something to it, mm -hmm. right? Like the way I view Dwayne Wade's relationship with that 06 Heat championship is much different than I view the relationship with the 2012 or 2013 championships, yeah. right? The role he played was different. 
But I, the bus driver in Phoenix, whether anybody likes it or not, Chris Paul's always driving the bus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you can decide. You can decide so, which way we going. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm, I got my hands the on the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I guess we should be clear about what we're talking about when it comes to the bus driver thing. And the way that I see it is like, I think what was this Barkley started that right or Shaq? Mm-hmm. One of them. It was Barkley. Barkley started that. And his idea of the bus driver is like you are the number one on the team. Like clearly, you're the guy. And I think you can have Chris Paul on a team and you still clearly be the guy. The The reason why like, I dismiss it, because like, I agree with you, the Dwayne Wade comparison is entirely different to me because, yeah, Dwayne Wade was clearly the number one guy at one point. And then he clearly wasn't when LeBron took over. Mm-hmm. For um, Kevin Durant, it to me at least, when they were balling in Golden State, he was clearly oh, the number guy. one guy. So like, <laughs> he was the guy. I, because it was built up before he got there, doesn't mean that he don't come in and and then become the guy. Like he was the Finals MVP, he was clearly the guy. And to me, he was for whatever it means, the number one guy, the bus driver. And so like knocking him for that. And yeah, there's something to be said or the challenges of building up a program around you. And maybe it is somewhat easier to dive into. Not maybe it is easy to dive into a ready-made program with all with talent all around you. But he was the one shooting a shot over LeBron. And what was that yeah. game six? Like he was the one taking those shots. He was the one doing those things. He was the one defending LeBron in in key situations. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. The issue is, it was the issue, is Steph. Yeah, right. And the issue is not just about how good Steph was or wasn't. It was about Steph's place in the yeah. larger ecosystem uh-huh. and the emotional hold that he had there. Like in baseball a big part of the resentment i remember um seeing a doc about this i think it was a sports century on espn about johnny bench and pete rose uh-huh. where johnny bench like pete rose resented that johnny bench was a bigger star nationally bench resented that pete rose was a bigger star in cincinnati right. and kevin durant was never going to be the guy locally he wasn't going to be that guy in that building but again they should treat him like a bus driver and they were kissing his ass at every turn uh try to make sure that he didn't leave, but the Nets, again, congrats to you. You got some pieces out of this. You stuck with Ben Simmons. They actually, like, can move on to where they go. And shout out to you, Jacques Vaughn, right? He the only winner, I feel like, in this whole situation. He back on the head coach track now that that's happened. Shout out to you. Jacques Vaughn, one of the people. Kids, you're never going to believe this, but Jacques Vaughn was one of the best college basketball players we had ever seen. Now he's a great baby. I know it seems weird. <laughs> the um another well Ishbia, I feel like I don't know you. I'm re I read the the Woj story and I can't help. Maybe it's just from being in media. You can't help but like try to think of who got who is given this information and who stands to stands to benefit from this information. But like I was happy for James Jones uh, yes. because if when you get a new owner, Ishbia is the new owner um, of the Suns. Normally it's a clean house situation, but uh, it seems like the leaks certainly coming from that side, because if you read uh, the Woj story, it tells the story of how in the waning hours of the evening that they cobbled it all together and made it happen. And so right now, Ishbia is on top of the world for his new ownership. And James Jones is also like seemingly uh, en route to saving his job. And like it's we'll see what happens with them in the playoffs, but it's encouraging for them and. I'm sure the Nets, given when this was at its lowest, 
they got to be overjoyed for where they ended up now. Yeah. I still think that when I said they might as well have just cut Kyrie and traded Kevin Durant months ago because mm-hmm. this was the only way it was going to end. Look where we are. Yeah. Look where we are. Look where we are. There was no way they were going to be able to keep. <sighs> wow. The mistake they made in putting this together. They just didn't factor in how important like reliability was. Yeah. Like that, I mean, the, the part that made this at every turn, like I understood the argument that if you have the chance to put together players this good, you just have to do it, right? right? Like I get that you had to give it a try. But after the way it ended for Kyrie in Boston, and when you talk to the people around Boston yeah, around Kyrie, bad. man, it almost gets uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, and 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 not not uncomfortable. Like, hey, this sounds racist. It gets uncomfortable. Like, wow, that just sounds terrible, yeah. right? Like, you just be like clutching your chest when you talk to them <laughs> about that. And so you had that. You had thirty-one-year-old Kevin Durant coming off of a torn Achilles or thirty, whichever the age was. But you had that part. And then you put it all together. And after that first year, it became clear with Kyrie that, oh, this is going to be adventurous. And people were just like, yo, they still going to make it work? Because the thought was you only got to make it work for two months. And if Kevin Durant does not wear a size shoe one size bigger than his actual one, maybe they beat Milwaukee. Maybe they get the one championship. But with the one championship, it made it all worth it. Because like I look at what's going on with the Lakers, and I'm like, was that one bubble championship like, oh. really worth everything that's going on with y'all? Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the fact that it was a bubble championship makes it feel less, like, valuable. But I think most times, yes, it's worth it for one championship, particularly but, when you're a franchise without any history or brand or anything. Like, yeah, it's yeah. worth it. And as much as we can go back and look at this and point to the obvious reasons why this could go wrong, I would be aware of all those reasons why it could go wrong. And I would have done all the same. Like <laughs> that's this league is about getting together these guys. And like the the one move and the one move I would have liked to see is different was I think the Steve Nash hire because mm-hmm. you have to assume that, that that role matters a lot. And the thing I have trouble with is in this modern um, NBA, and you did some great stuff on what actual player empowerment is on your show. But NBA players have a lot of leverage in making decisions and understanding how to manage up is something that general managers and owners need to learn to do is you understand that when you bring in a guy like Kevin Durant, you no longer run the organization because you don't have the most power. But managing up is also influencing them and getting gaining their trust with the decisions that that need to be made. Because no one makes all the right decisions. And I'm assuming that the Steve Nash stuff was pushed by the players or any of the decisions that were pushed by the players that you can go back to LeBron bringing in Westbrook. Any of those things that seem obviously wrong, you have to develop a relationship, develop trust or find a way to get them to realize that they're not right this time. And that's Mm -hmm. like your job is different. Maybe when you're uh, you're young and you're like, man, I want to be a GM because my job is going to be putting together a team the job has changed the job is about putting together the team but to me at least it's so much more about relationship management particularly with the guy who actually has the power to make the big decisions is you need him to trust you and you need him to trust your opinion and you need to be able to trust them and so it it feels like what happens in lieu of doing your job or recognizing that your job is different 
is they bring in the guy, they let the guy make all the decisions that are either good or bad, and then they like, man, he bullied me into making all these decisions. It's not my fault. It is your fault. You got to know what your job is now, and your job is no longer like you're. It's not a video game. And by the way, you can check these dudes if you got it like that. Yeah, I still believe. Hey, Pat Riley's still down there running things in Miami as he run them. Now look, he couldn't keep LeBron. As a result, but he got them two championships, and, you know, it rolled from there. Kevin Durant got checked this offseason. Exactly. Right? Like, that was the thing. Like, hey, I want to be traded. I bet you do. <laughs> right? But you, as you say, though, you got to walk in the door and establish that trust exactly. about the things that you're going to do. Like, you're you going to need to sell these cats. But what you can't do is let them walk in and immediately be like, well, here's what you about to do. Nah, mm-hmm. nah, 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 nah. We can talk about this, right? Whatever it is, but it ain't here's what we about to do or go get James Harden the response is let's see what we can do right and maybe you do it right and maybe it goes but it's let's go see what we gonna do but the Nets did have these cats running them around crazy and people like Joe Sy had to show he was boss well you kind of do actually when you're the boss I didn't blame them at a point for being like yo man I got a crazy man telling me what to do yeah I got you I can't have that I got you I I the thing that gets me is you don't realize, I think we all who don't get at the top of organizations or get at the top of anything, you don't realize that you still work for somebody just because you mm-hmm. got the biggest office. You still work for somebody. <laughs> and if you've like ever been around CEOs or talk to CEOs, like they walk around with the ties on and their chests out. But see what happened at the earnings call. <laughs> see what happened when they get an email from like uh, the hedge fund that owns the biggest portion like you all work for somebody and us in this like outside sport outside like periphery of the sports world we like the perceived hierarchy you know it's like oh no but that's the general manager he got to make the decisions no like it's when you work with people it's much more emotional than anyone and like this is lessons that i had to learn the hard way (laughs) you know is understanding that buy-in is is more important than ideas. And like, I, I, I know this from like being a leader in the PA for both PAs, NBA and NFL PA, being a leader there, I remember spending hours and hours at different times alone, putting together what I thought to be incredible plan that would create the most leverage. And it don't matter if your answer is right, if the people who you want to execute it don't believe in it. You're much better off with a bad plan or a mediocre plan that y'all came to together that people will buy into than a perfect plan that everybody's looking at, like, well, this, this, especially when you're not that old, like, oh, this young mother came in here tell us all mm-hmm. this. Uh, like, that's to your credibility point. It's like Pat Riley might be able to do that. Not every, like, president or GM or owner can, can just lay down the law like that. It's real, though. Like, I realized this in working in television. Right. Like as as I'm in different places on it. One thing I figured out very quickly for me is, ooh, yeah, the buy in part. That's the I need y'all. I need y'all to believe in me. Exactly. I I guess that's what I do. Like I've done I've done places where they did. I've done places where they did not. I need y'all to believe in me. And also like could the another thing is like you don't know logic. Like, I think this happens to all of us. You think that logic will prevail. And what I was thinking is like when you're at different places and they build a show around you, you've had that happen a couple different times, like radio, TV and whatever. And being on the team, you hear your coach say, like, if we win, 
it works better for everybody, which we all know to be true. But explaining that to somebody and having them feel it and believe it is entirely different. And how you express that point and is not just going to be like, hey, guess what? If we buy and we win, everybody get paid. That don't work. Uh, you need a staff that believes that you care about them. So like you, uh, yeah, we've had conversations off air about mm -hmm. about different places you've been and things that you're working towards. It's lessons that I'm sure you know better than most people. Yeah. But they gotta they if they if they don't believe in it, yeah. Like I like I find that when I read scripts on game theory, like I work with a performance coach, and he could tell what I ain't really feeling. Uh, what 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 that joke ain't really hitting for your boy. When that line ain't really going across, he's like, yeah, you don't really do that like you believe it. No, I can't even pretend to say it. <laughs> and the audience will sense it. And your your coach yep. is right. Yep, yep. That's the game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, yeah. Speaking of coaching, I guess there is a Super Bowl. Good job, NBA. You got 30 minutes out of this podcast uh, in the week of the Super Bowl. A Super Bowl that I am, in fact, looking forward to. This is this should be an entertaining situation. Yeah. You you got, you got going with Jordan? Have you decided yet? Oh, yeah. I'm a, well, I, here's the thing. I don't know if I'm going with Jordan as much as I'm not going against Jordan. Yeah. But every other part of my brain is saying Eagles. Yeah. I'm with you, but it comes down to I think also having LeBron break the record this week cemented it in my mind that it's that greatness is what we all really care about. And <laughs> like if it's a 50-50, like all the analytics suggest, uh, then I'm gonna go on the side that provides me with the greatest joy. You know, like having been a part of this whole LeBron story made it feel like something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I know people tend to want parody or say they want parody, but we get excited for something awesome. And we got a guy in the league. I don't want to be um, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. It's like, man, Patrick Mahomes was nasty. He only got that one Super Bowl, though. Like, mm -hmm. I would love to be like, Patrick Mahomes was nasty. <laughs> looking at number four or five. <laughs> I tell you this, though. I think like the quietest dopest thing about the Super Bowl that the NFL does that I don't think we talk about nearly enough is that off week mm -hmm. and that off week being about incredible advances in medical science being deployed upon those who need them. Like that move, like this is why I hate it when they tried to like go to these places that ain't warm. Like if you're going to do that, it's got to be a dome. The Super Bowl should be played if at all possible under the closest thing to optimal conditions. Great weather, mm -hmm. right? Should be on grass, but neither here nor there. And dudes as healthy as possible. And I mean, for the last two weeks, they've been rubbing Patrick Mahomes with all the the the, the uh, next level Tiger Ball <laughs> or whatever it is that they can find. They spinning his blood around, whatever oh. it takes to be out there, right? Because I'm curious. I mean, he's not going to be a hundred, obviously, because that was probably like an out for six weeks kind of injury. Like when you look at what it was, that was probably what it's going to be. Jalen Hurts. That shoulder going to be about as good as it could be without having a surgical procedure. But if Mahomes is healthier than he was against Cincinnati, like that pass rush is going to be coming, he's going to need to make some moves. But 
I feel like he'll be all right. Yeah. He, yeah, he'll be all right. And the offensive line is good enough. It's not the the um disparity in the offensive line and defensive line isn't like the Bucks Super Bowl that they lost. Like it's the offensive line is actually really good. They've invested in it. They'll be fine. They'll give some help to Wiley, who is considered the the weaker tackle or the weakest link on that line. And Patrick Mahomes is incredible at avoiding sacks. And he does this like to go back to the wild thing about that that uh Joe Burrow is the best quarterback at quarterbacking thing is like Patrick Mahomes does all the little stuff well and sometimes the little stuff gets overshadowed because he does eye popping things but he doesn't take sacks he manages himself in the pocket really well he avoids contact really well which is I mean that's going to be part of this game because the O-line is going to give up some pressures and if those pressures turn into big plays or turn into just incompletions that's fine if they turn into sacks they turn into fumbles they turn into interceptions that's not fine but Mahomes isn't isn't gonna do that like he knows what he's getting himself into yeah, by the way, shout out to Yazoo City, Mississippi. My sister uh, used to live in Yazoo. I got nieces and nephews. Yazoo City, Mississippi got two players on the Eagles. Damn. Including uh, maybe future Hall of Famer. Who that? Big Fletcher. Oh, Yazoo. I don't know where that is. It sounds scary. Yazoo, in the, Yazoo in the Delta. I don't, know, I don't know if I would say the Yazoo's scary. Yazoo got a federal pin, though. Like my sister used to work, at, used to work for the BOP. It used to be fun. My nephew uh, and my niece, when they graduated uh, from high school, you know, you need a place to have a party. My sister worked at the pen. So we had a little party at some little auxiliary building uh, that they had at the pen. It was funny because one of my homies was supposed to come pick me up and take me down to Jackson. He was going to hang out and I was going to fly out that night. And I'm, I'm, he's taking forever and I can't understand it because I told him, I was like, yo, you know where the pen is. He's like, yeah, because his man had been there for 10 years. And I'm like, all right, cool. We'll just come on down the road to the pen. He, for reasons I understand, assumed that I meant the highway that goes past the pen. Yeah, obviously. I was like, dog, where you at? I was like, no, the road, go to, he's like, y'all at, y'all are at the pen? <laughs> yeah, we was at, we was at the pen. Yeah, we, yeah. we was. I realized that Yazoo is not a scary word. It's just that when you follow anything with comma Mississippi, <laughs> I get a little bit nervous. No disrespect, Mississippi. I, I ain't spent enough time down there to pass full judgment, especially if it ain't like a, a big city name that I recognize. Yazoo, Mississippi. Mm -mm. You recognize like maybe three city names in Mississippi. I'm guessing I give you Jackson. I yep. imagine you may have heard of Biloxi mm -hmm. and Oxford. Yep. Uh, I hear it. I'd be more scared of Starkville. Than uh, some of these other places. People talk bad about Starkville. I can't pretend like I've ever been there because why? But people be talking bad about Starkville. <laughs> I mean, it's not that it's any worse there than it is anywhere else in the country. But I grew up watching Eyes on the Prize. And when it said, comma, Mississippi, <laughs> it was bad news. Yo, let me ask you this about the Eagles. Something interesting with Jalen Hurts. I think it was Howie Roseman, uh, general manager, who did this interview. And they asked him about Jalen Hurts, and his thing was he has nothing left to prove. And I was like, yo, you never hear the money talk like that. <laughs> I, I'm like, y'all y'all must love this boy. Money talk like that about a guy like that. Yeah, and he's he struggled since his shoulder injury with the passing some. I was more concerned about how he would protect himself in the running game with that. But uh, I think that's, like, that's fair. The thing about all these expectations and perspective uh, about players is so much of it is based on draft position for so many players. You know, like if he put up numbers like this, he was a first round pick. Can you imagine if he was the number one overall pick and this is what he was doing? I guess he probably wouldn't end up on a team that's as talented as this if he was the number one overall pick. 
But if he was a first-round pick, we'd be talking about him differently. If he didn't get run out of Alabama by Tua, we'd be talking about him differently. But if we just take what he's produced this year, and yes, he's been well-supported by coaching and talent and offensive line, but we just take his numbers, what he's done this year, I mean, and what he did last year, like, and his age, yeah, he ain't got nothing else to prove. That's a guy that yeah. you need to lock up. Yeah, I hear you. But Lamar Jackson, like, well, then what I got to prove it is, huh? 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 Yeah. You know, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, normally, it just don't normally play like that. They love them. Some Jalen Hurts yeah. up there. Love, love, love. I think the 14 rushing touchdowns is actually kind of underplayed. Like, that's a lot of rushing touchdowns for anybody. And I think Cam Newton's high of rushing touchdowns is 14. But Jalen Hurts is not Cam Newton. I don't care how much he squats. Like that's that's not yeah. that, that ain't the same body. That ain't the same person. You um, there's a few stats that always kind of really matter, and one of them is red zone efficiency. That's what that 14 rushing touchdown speaks to to me is having some help in the red zone. And the red zone is really hard for offenses because you shrink the field. There's less places to throw. There's less places. There's not as much room in the running game. Like it gets really hard down in the red zone and having somebody who can like cheat code it, add the extra blocker or also scramble and run or get on the edge and put pressure on the defense. That really matters a lot. That's what that's worth as much as anything else that anyone is doing on the field is having somebody who is a bit of a bonus in the red zone. Yeah. Let me tell you something else I think that's interesting about the Eagles. They fired their Super Bowl winning coach. Crazy. And cut loose their number two overall pick at quarterback and brought in a coach that sounded like Mushmouth as introductory press conference and went with the quarterback that they took in the second round, who again, you can't avoid this. A dude who was the limiting factor for Alabama and Oklahoma. Like, that did happen. Not to say that he hasn't improved, but that did happen. And they said, nope, we're going with him, and we going with Mushmouth, and they back in the Super Bowl. And, yeah, so this is, as, as much as the players deserve a ton of credit, and I feel like generally we, like, give more credit to the front office than they need to in most most cases. This ain't one of them cases. <laughs> like what they what they've done there has been incredibly impressive over an entire like a very long run and like going back to winning the Super Bowl with Nick Foles like that's a testament to building up a roster and coaching well around him and then overturning the coaching staff and moving being brave enough frankly to move on from a quarterback who had a like a great great season for you and that you were invested mm-hmm. in and then having the the capital and also the like aggression to find the trades that you needed to have to get AJ Brown there and still got a high draft pick because they all here fleecing people. So yeah, this is how it, how we need to put his chest out. He should be proud. Don't forget. They gave Howie's job to Chip Kelly. Remember when Chip Kelly had those first two years and they was feeling good about it. They gave Chip Kelly all the power and he tried to ruin everything. (laughs) They got Chip Kelly out of there. Howie hung around, got back on top, very quickly built a Super Bowl champion, then got the other dude out of there when it was just like, okay, this ain't going to work, and then looked at Carson Wentz and was like, yeah, well, we went and got this this other dude. I guess this ain't going to work for you. I guess we just going to see what this is. And don't forget, it ain't that we ain't that far removed from Doug Peterson's last game when them fools put in a Nate Sud- Sudfeld yeah. 
talking about we just need to see and wasn't they like playing for something like it was it was like i mean it, it, that end was so wild and now they're here and it's just like e-a-g-l-e-s eagles yeah they were trying to lose that game i think right the subfell game they were oh that was right yeah they were everybody was mad because they were trying to like inc- improve their draft status but Although I don't believe in that sort of behavior as uh, how he has the credibility, I guess, to to do that sort of stuff. But it's it's worked out for him, man. He, he deserves, I don't know who they're going to give uh, executive of the year to, but those type of awards never really matter. You know, it's just like, we don't know who to give it to. Who's better this year than we thought they'd be? Let's give it to them. Who made the, the big blockbuster move? But I guess he well, could qualify for both of those. The Eagles also did something, I think. I'm curious your thoughts on this. It's a little football nerdy, but it's worth noting, which is they were like, nah, we're going to invest in the right tackle too. Yeah. Right? Like the whole thing, and you'll hear a lot of guys say this, where they feel like the weak link on basically every offensive line is the right tackle. Mm -hmm. Right? Lane Johnson, uh, however, does not fit that description, has never uh, fit that description. And you're not going to tell me that it doesn't matter that you got a monster right tackle in the number one run game in the league. Yeah, and they went and got so that, that's another credit to Howie Roseman. Joey Mailata was a seven-round draft pick. He wanted the best tackles in football, and is that left tackle. Like, that's the type of – we want to focus on the big decisions, like the big name guys, the quarterbacks here and there. And, of course, that matters to get that position right. But I think what's made them dominant is is moves like that. You take a risk here, take a risk there, and, and you got to hit. You got to hit every now and then. You're gonna have to the 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 like old story about quarterback on a rookie deal. Like it applies here, but it's also like talent on a rookie deal. If you can find talent anywhere, mm-hmm. I go back to that um that Broncos Super Bowl win when Peyton Manning was barely throwing the ball. Like that was quarterback on a rookie deal, but it's really Hall of Famer on a rookie deal. What you had <laughs> was Vaughn Miller on a rookie deal. Like you got a Hall of Famer on a rookie deal, you're gonna be all right. You ready for Rihanna? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I yeah, this be fun. I'm not a I can't think of no I can't think of no show I've ever been more ready to see while not knowing none of them songs. <laughs> I know you never just sat around listening like I listened to the anti a couple times when it came out when people said it was dope. But uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just really like the idea of Rihanna. Yeah. I don't need the music. I just like the idea. I think we're the same because like I don't I'm not a big Rihanna fan, but like if Rihanna doing something, I'm gonna watch it. So (laughs) this is more not that I needed to be reminded that I'm old, but I remember being young and cool and watching the Super Bowl and the halftime show was never for me the last few years. The halftime show is aimed right at my old ass. <laughs> <laughs> that, that must mean that, yeah, that I am past that age where all the people in charge are my age. I guess Rihanna okay now with how they had done Kaepernick. Like, it's cool now. Everything's straight. We all back. We all back. And, hey, the only reason I throw that out there before people trip, tune into Game Theory Friday night, 11 p.m. Eastern on HBO and HBO Max, where we may be discussing this and related issues about the NFL. It's like it. I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's going to blow some of your minds. I'm not exaggerating here. We came up with some stuff on some research on something we were working on that I can't believe happened. (laughs) 
that's a hell of a, that's a hell of a, a a tease right there. I will not be missing this. I might I normally watch on Max, but I might have to watch. Oh this yeah, do that. I... Yeah, do that. No, no, do that. I know they count to Max. I don't know how that ratings thing works. Oh, okay, but that Max. I know they. <laughs> I know that that information goes straight to the boss. Right. I don't know how the other stuff works, All but right. that one right there straight with the boss. All right, I'll tune in on Max. I, and I heard you guys talking about the red suit. I thought that was dope. You pulled that off. I appreciate that's it. A, yeah, I wasn't sure. Move to pull I wasn't off. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I, was, I was trusting the stylist. I really wasn't sure. Because look, I'd be perfectly content to dress like a banker every day on that show. That's fine. I look good in suits. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm okay with that. I don't. That the, man, they spent... I ain't never spent so much time in my life about how I look on this. Like anytime it's like, yo, you're going to go do this TV thing or whatever. Damn. That means I got to go to the barber and I still got to go to the barber, even with this situation. Cause I got facial hair. The stylist got to come. I be having to try on all these suits and the muff putting pins in me and stuff, you know, like all of this stuff. And I'm like, dog, I'll come out here wearing anything. Yeah, I don't care. The appearance matters. It does matter. It does. Yeah. It totally does. But the thing is when you don't care, you have to not care. Yeah. So it's like, I don't care, but that means when you show up with this red suit, you can put it on. <laughs> I got, I, I, I got to not care. All right, right. I, tr I, tr I trusted the process, and I think I told you, man. She was like, "Yeah, I know what Stephen A. go wear. Watch this." Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that made every job, everybody, like everybody working on that, like every little tiny detail mm -hmm. is so wild, like how poured over all those things are on a television show like this." Because I'm gonna be honest with you, on our television shows, they just be like, "Get here on time." Yeah. Yeah, they'd be surprised when you show up and it's a surprise. It don't matter again. Well, yeah, what you wear, you you can go back. They definitely didn't plan what you wear, what you wore on Mike and Mike that time. Day. No, 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 no. They uh, they got to that a little bit late. They they were like, hey, 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 what's going on? Like, they be picking out my clothes and taking pictures of me trying them on and sending them up and down the chain. Like, like there's so many people involved in this where I would almost feel like a child, except. Y'all make these decisions for me. I'm telling you, man. I'm gonna join the nation, man. Just black suits, black ties all the time. I ain't got to think about nothing. Who's the um? Who's the guest this week? Since um, Stephen A. motivated the red suit. Who's the guest this week? And and I'm gonna be looking forward to our, the clothing choices. Our guest this week is a gentleman named Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> yes. Uh, <sighs> I bet you can guess what I want to ask him about more than anything in this world. Bringing that thingy into the locker room. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. But as it relates to current events, as it relates yes, to current exactly. events. There, there we go. I hope Gilbert don't hear this before the show. I don't want to ruin the surprise. <laughs> but hey, that is Dominique Foxworth. Check him out on Anscape. Check him out on Get Up. Check him out on Debatable. And of course, check him out on the Dominique Foxworth Show. Get that wherever you get your podcast. My man, I appreciate you. Always, brother. All right, man. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. Remember, hit the voicemail line, 860-516-4119. In the spirit of Kyrie Irving, please tell me about the most unreliable co-worker that you ever had. 860-516-4119. That's the telephone number. Um, Adi Khan, Parker Owens handling everything behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow the right time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.